Hey everybody, this is Yusuf Khadib and welcome to my podcast. Most of you know me as the CEO and co-founder of Global Skills Hub. I'm excited today to share with you the inaugural episode and really wanted to give some context into how the adventures in zebra hunting all started. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, at really what was my last public event, um, I had the privilege of moderating uh, the launch of the Lighthouse Labs uh, Ottawa uh, Ottawa campus. And, uh, you know, one of the speakers that evening uh, was Zainab Muse. Uh, and, uh, you know, over the course of interviewing her, uh, finding out what I was gonna, we were going to talk about uh, for the panel that we were on, which is actually on the future of work, uh, you know, we I got to know her and she shared some wonderful wisdom as she always does in almost every conversation that I've ever had with her uh, about something called the zebra movement. And, you know, she just, you know, listening to her speak is sometimes almost listening to a poet. Uh, you know, she's just got this way of as she's talking, you know, that she goes out there and explains concepts, ties them into wonderful books that she's read and thoughts that she's had about you know, uh, as she's been uh, educating herself on, on, you know, understanding herself. And, uh, you know, I, I went through and I listened to this podcast a few times and I wondered if I should, you know, break it up and do it like Masters of Scale does with all those crazy noises and, and you know, with Reed kind of breaking in. And then as I, you know, as I really thought about it some more, um, it's just such a wonderful conversation. And, you know, uh, you know, both of us were just so exhilarated afterwards. We were juiced to go back out there and help a lot more people. Uh, and really just, we were excited about the impact of that conversation. Uh, so what I've decided to do for the inaugural episode is actually not cut it. And uh, we're just going to let it run. It's a great conversation. There's some massive tidbits in it. And, uh, you know, my, my son listened to the podcast and uh, this is what he had to say. It's also about dreaming about doing something to save the world or make the world a better place or to help people. Yeah, you can do it. That, that means he said that anything you can do, you can dream, you can do that. Right. So do you think that was smart of her to say? Yeah. She's a pretty smart person? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You want to meet her in person? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Are you going to bring her something from Romania? Yeah. Like what? Like some flowers. Whoa! Hello. Hey, Zainab, how are you? I'm good. How's everything? Everything's awesome. It's been an incredibly uh, interesting day. Um, lots of great stuff, just like massive opportunity all around. But always impressed and amazed with all the work that you're up to. So, um, yeah, this is exciting. To, I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, for sure. So we'll have to cut that first part out before it goes out. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're like, just all those, you know, deals that go, get thrown out the way. There was like, there was a confidentiality. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's okay. Zainab's, Zainab's in the team. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. I actually, um, 
Before we go into the podcast, I was going to say I spoke with Sharif uh, recently. Uh... I wouldn't cut anything, but I just want to explain who Sharif Farani is because we talk a lot about him during this podcast. Uh, Sharif Farani is another one of the panelists that I met at the uh, Lighthouse Labs launch that night. He's the co-founder and head of marketing of Instasnacks, the vice president of marketing for Atomic Motion, a course instructor at Algonquin and a, a very, very uh, important member of the community in the Ottawa tech ecosystem. Um, and we, I actually um, got him on a panel that Invest Ottawa is putting together um, for creative entrepreneurs. Um, okay. So we, we were talking about, um, just in general, he is, he like you said, he is very interesting. I don't think we've had uh, an hour-long conversation before. And so we ended up just... Um, you know, we realized that we had all these connections from back in Nigeria, which I didn't know this, but um, should we pass some connections in Nigeria? And um, his uncle is actually my, my my family doctor, which I didn't even know. Um, wow. I know. It's insane. It's actually insane. <laughs> that is a small world, huh? It's the smallest world. I could not even believe this. Um, but we were talking about about um, all the work that he's doing with you. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, <laughs> how these connections happen, you know? <laughs> you, you know, like he, he honestly, Sharif has become like, he's become like this dear friend of mine. Wow. And you, I feel like I've known him for such a long period of time. And, um, you know, we literally met <laughs> that day. And, you know, we just kind of, and we like, I reached out to him like a couple times afterwards, but um, I was, I was like mad at him because every one of the other speakers had actually done their homework. Remember we had the calls and all that stuff. And he was the one guy that I couldn't get a hold of. And I was just like, and then at the last moment, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> but yeah, he's, um, he, he's got an incredible mind. Like it, it's, you know, he just, he thinks super fast like I would not want to play chess against him because he, he would literally plan out like four games in advance let alone that game uh, <laughs> it, it is the way he works and uh, you know but we, we've had some great conversations and I've been I've been working these really weird Canadian PST hours essentially mm. and so I'm up sometimes till like four or five a.m my time wow. which you know which puts him at like 10 or 11 and so we have these like you know, little midnight conversations. <laughs> 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 that oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's so funny and he's just a very, I can see that. I can see why you guys would hit it off for sure. Very, um, he's also very community driven and yeah. uh, like uh, this, he has this mindset for this decentralization, which I think is so cool. Um, so I think, yeah, I can see why you guys definitely hit it off. <laughs> I, I think, I think the, the interesting thing is though, I think if all three of us worked together, we would just, yeah. we would, we would get a lot of stuff done, but we would have a <laughs> lot of fun doing it. And I, I, I like, I see people like they, they get too involved in their work where they stop mm -hmm. having fun. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we yep. were, we were in the doctor's slack and there's like 200 people in there and like people, everyone was so serious. Right. And then me and him started going back and forth and we were just cracking jokes with each other. And, and I made an emoji out of like, you know, those Slack emojis where you make them out of someone's picture. 
Uh-huh. Um, and I made one out of the doctors and one of the doctors was like Roger and the other one's Ray, right? I was like, and I said something like, oh, this is Roger that. And I had his emoji. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like just, just him and I doing that, you could see like digitally the mood lift in this yeah. thing, right? And I was like, yeah, what we do is important. You know, life is, you know, isn't easy, but at least, you know, be grateful for what we have and yeah. enjoy the moments, right? Enjoy the conversations and the, and the relationships we have. Mm-hmm, absolutely no it's so it's it's actually um it's interesting when you when you meet people like that because then obviously it's it's just so easy you know like there's no I always find that there are people who are very um systems driven and it's like oh it has to work this way and they just lose the fun out of it so I think that no. um <laughs> yeah, yeah there's there, there's no system on this <laughs> this is all up here like this creative there's like Exactly. No yeah, because because that that like ambiguity is fun. You know, it's like, oh, we're just going to see what happens. Like, I like that. <laughs> I like that, too. Well, and I think that's why in this time, you it really separates the true entrepreneurs mm-hmm. from, you know, the people that were trying to play CEO or play tech. Exactly. Because, you know, like, the the you know at the end of the day worst case scenario Zainab if you and I had to go open a lemonade stand we mm-hmm. would open the best lemonade stand on that corner absolutely right? <laughs> and we would know that if all we had was to open up a lemonade stand we would do that because yeah. you know and we would figure out the next step after and you know this response that we've gotten from tech Mm-hmm. And, and our industry where people got so busy weathering the storm and like figuring out how much, you know, runway they had less instead yeah. of caring about their people and instead of caring about saving lives, you know, they could have just taken a, a breather for a week or two and said, yeah. okay, wait a minute, we'll get this stuff figured out. The government's going to step in and help. We're going to, we're going to figure this out mm-hmm. instead of like this bloodbath that we've had. And, and I look at people like, you know, like Sharif and yourself and, you know, be like, okay, well, this happened. What's next? Let's yeah. figure out something else. Like, you know, how we, we, we're going to be binded by the fact that we're still going to want to help people. Yeah. We, you know, we want to still earn, you know, some mad money, you know, like everyone likes their things in mm-hmm. life, you know? Um, and, but, you know, those things, I like, I like tailored suits. That's my thing. I wow. even wear a tailored <laughs> suit once in a while, you know, when I'm at home here. <laughs> like, that's amazing really <laughs> yeah that's my thing like you know i like like i, like, I don't know i have this like romanian tailor and i have this like, I, you know like that's it like i don't you know i you know and you know I, I don't need tons of money to go spend on like ridiculous like watches or anything like that that's just not my thing but so i want to enjoy my life and i want to make sure my kids and my family have everything that they need they don't have to be uber extravagant but you can make money while you help people it's like somewhere along the lines that in that message got lost. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, with our current pandemic, this is like, hey, here you go. Here's a pause. Um, you know, not everything should be taken so seriously. And I was actually reading an article this morning that I, I was I was gonna send to you after this recording. It's actually it's something about um it was it, I guess it was theorizing about a post-growth future. And how, mm-hmm. like, you know, all in like over the years in building this economy that we've built, um, particularly this capitalist systems that we've built, we've always, you know, advocated for growth over well-being. So it's always like, okay, you know, it's the race to grow more, get more money, get, 
you know, in, improve the economy, work more hours. Like it's always, growth is always the outcome. But the truth is, which I thought was very interesting, was that we're trying to find an infinite outcome in a finite space. Like planet is actually you know, a finite resource, like it's going to end. It's not an infinite resource. So I thought that was so interesting because, um, you know, we've, we've, we had this mentality where we're just going to keep creating more and more and more and more, not really understanding that at some point we're going to reach that, the, the end of it. And are we ready for that future? We don't know. And so um, I, I really like the idea of, you know, the post-growth future and how this pandemic is teaching us to consider, because now that we've stopped, we're not, you know, we're not growing anything. We're not producing as much as we yes, do. So what are we, <laughs> yeah, we going to do? I, I I think you meant you mentioned the pause. I think there was that article I'd read as well. It was called the Great Pause, right? And they were. And I love that article. <laughs> I love that article because I'm sitting there and I'm like, Can uh, someone please get someone to stop for a second and read yeah. this thing because you know, like, and you know, I see it. People are frantic. I mean, they yeah. are all of a sudden. You know, they used to you know, remember like there was all those meditation retreats okay. and you used to get your phone away from you. They were meant to train you for this moment mm -hmm. where now you have like your phone, you're being hit by Slack, WhatsApp, Facebook, LinkedIn, email. Plus, you got a kid tugging at you. Plus, you got to mm -hmm. you know, find out what's happening with your parents and all this stuff. So we're being pulled in all these directions and someone just needs to like, that's why like Sharif, you know, over the weekend, I, I like, uh, uh, I, I reached out. I was like, Hey buddy, are you okay? I haven't heard from you in two days. Like my romance. Is <laughs> and, um, and you know, I'm like, are you seeing someone else? Is there another entrepreneur in the picture? <laughs> Have you found a new partner? <laughs> I love that. What was, what did he say? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, he goes, I just wanted to unplug for 48 hours. Oh. Right? And I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? That was pretty smart. And I go and, you know, over over Saturday and Sunday, you know, I unplugged with, mm -hmm. you know, I had one call because that's family time. I promised the kids and I promised my wife that as hard as we work during the week, um, you know, Saturday and Sundays, I, I promised to be with the kids, you know, 24 mm -hmm. seven. And so we had a ton of fun. You know, we were outside running around in our garden and stuff. But, you know, I can see the value in having that pause. Mm -hmm. And I can also see a lot of people, unfortunately, that are not. You know, and they're probably sedating themselves with Netflix and, you know, yeah. and other and, great you know, intoxicants of our time. Exactly. And you know what? I, I don't know if because I know there are many great the great pause articles, but the one I read was the one about how we're going to get gaslighted after this pandemic and how we should prepare for that future. And what the, the, right. the author was trying to say was that because we're distracting ourselves from really embracing this great pause we're always going to have this nostalgia for the past which is like oh we want the normal back we want the normal back and so yeah. instead of us actually growing and finding new outcomes for the future and all these incredible opportunities that could arise from this we're actually just going to go back to the way the world was and and it's and that's unfortunate and that will only happen if people aren't just like you know working uh, you know thinking of creative ways and actually, actually maybe not working but thinking I should say rather like just thinking of ways that the world can move on in a new path as opposed to the one that we had before because it, it didn't work and we can see it's threatened by uh, a virus or a pandemic and 
And yeah, it's, well, it's unfortunate. You know, Zeta, I, I think, you know, what's interesting is I think we all asked for this. And yeah. now that it's here, now <laughs> that's now what that it's we here, we're like, what do we do? <laughs> you know, we, you and I both read report yeah. after report, listened to podcast after yeah. podcast about the future of work, the gig economy, you know, the crowds, the villages mm-hmm. that'll be built. We we saw all the, and then we were like, and then we had that mass paranoia of like, oh, the robots are going to take over, <laughs> and I'm going to lose my job, and you know what's going to happen then. And yet everyone still sat around and watched Netflix instead of went and did a coding class, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and now all of a sudden in front of us, you know, all those things we had to worry about are decisions that need to be made. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to input into the AI that we are going to now yeah. move forward? What are we going to do with these million restaurant workers who are, you know, like bartenders are probably some of the best customer success managers you can ever find in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and stuff like that. And someone's just got to go out there, give them a hug, you know, two meters away and say, hey, you aren't what you think you are. You, you know, you're you're a brilliant human being and it's your time for you to go and take that pause and say, hey, what am I great at and how do I how do I go and, you know, share that with the world? And that's my new gig. Mm. Right. And And I think that and if we just help each other get to that, I think. So many people are so scared to take a step forward and because it's information overload, Mm. you know, there's a coding class, every corner you get hit for, you know, um, digital marketing, you turn on YouTube and there's those three guys with the 15 Lamborghinis who made all their money and they can't drive them anywhere right now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But um, now we should probably, now that we're like 17 minutes, (laughs) (laughs) we should probably let people know who you are. (laughs) <laughs> now you know in, in in the new economy in the new world where all of the institutions are following we are not following any rules at all yep <laughs> but we should probably let let everyone know who you are so um Zainab, who who are you and and I'll, I'll tell you you know we'll talk a little bit about how we met and how uh how you know i'm super grateful uh for that moment and uh, and the impact that it's had in our lives, I'm almost like whoa, getting a little emotional about yeah. it. But you've really had a, you've really had a, a powerful impact, uh, you know, on my life, and and I, I'm so so grateful. That's why I wanted you to be the first person that we that we interviewed because you started this. You know, it's your fault. So watch out, world. <laughs> if we're gonna go save the world, it's because of you know some some stuff that you planted in my head. So. First and foremost, you know, who are you, Zinim? Wow, thank you so much. I, I have to admit, honestly, I I think like I, I share a lot of my my thoughts and my um, speculations so much <laughs> with with a few people that I, I come across, um, particularly if the if the conversation lends itself that way. But uh, I have to admit that, you know, when you decided to create this podcast, I thought man, this is, this is incredible. You know, this is the, this is the true uh, definition of impact creation, right? Like it's how an idea can spark from one end and, you know, have this butterfly effect and just kind of get to, again, you know, get to you in Romania, creating this awesome things with all the amazing people, you know, and, and you having your network. Um, so, so yeah, thank you for, for growing this. Cause that is, 
you know, that's the mission of the zebra movement is for it to grow, right? So I think it's awesome that you're doing this. But, you know, this, the question you ask me, however, about who I am is always <laughs> the toughest question I can ever answer. Um, and that's just because I have a lot of interests. Like I saw, you know, at one point I was saying, I'm a mission-driven entrepreneur. And another point I heard from a good friend of mine, we were on a panel and she said, I'm a creative generalist. It's like, oh, I like that too. Um, but the one I, I often settle with is, um, you know, I heard Whoopi Goldberg once say, when they asked her, what, who are you and what do you do? And she said, you know, I'm a woman that does many things. So <laughs> that's that's how I would. I would say, like, I, I definitely enjoy um, just, you know, absorbing information, learning, um, going into different spaces. Um, I do believe in um, diversity of thoughts, diversity of um, thinking. So I, I definitely like to explore every single sector. And so all of the work that I do is actually very generalist. Um, and I always say, just check my LinkedIn. I have, I put it all on there. <laughs> it's all on there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the half the stuff that I do isn't on there. I'm, I'm afraid everyone's just gonna keep getting every hour. They're just gonna keep getting a job. Of They're like, you click global skills hub again. You still click global skills hub again. <laughs> That's it, though. You know, I was I, I mean, again, another article I was reading this morning was about how um, the world is headed to a generalist society, not no longer specialists. Right. right. It's like, you know, hey, it was it was nice to have, hey, people specialize in, in certain aspects and maybe in the healthcare industry. It's it's great. But in everything else, it's it's important to come from different backgrounds and experiences because then you're able to have this holistic approach to problem solving which i which i really like yeah yeah i remember when i was doing the the introduction or no when you were chatting a little bit about your story at the at the panel we were uh you were you were talking about that the science background that you had 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 made you more analytical yeah. right in terms of some of the stuff that you had been able to do in your agency and so on so um, tell us a little bit about because you know I need to remember I told you about my Indian parents. <laughs> you know there was, it was always funny. I got to tell these people I, I need my you know my my brother is a oral maxillofacial surgeon. Oh my my, my younger sister is the clinical director for a travel health clinic and you know she's got a she did a fellowship in infectious diseases. Wow. Um, you know and and and, th and that's just two of them. I got a whole bunch of other siblings. You know there's six kids in our family. And they're, very well accomplished and you know i dropped out of school and, and became an insurance salesman uh, as my as my first you know business so that worked out well but you were on your way to being a pediatric surgeon <laughs> and in your final year you launched your first business so and in, in pre-med so tell me a little bit about that transition i mean i love that story i, I think people need to hear it oh thank you no i um I, I mean, it's just a series of events because I, it's so funny that you bring this up because I actually told my mom after that panel that you were more worried for me that I had left this um, path and was wondering what she, what my parents thought. And, um, you know, we had a, we had a good reflection moment. So I want to say you, you definitely gifted us that because that was fun to chat with her about, you know, why perhaps she didn't react as, as you could expect Nigerian parents to, um, right. particularly <laughs> when you say, hey, 
I'm going to go, you know, take some risks here. I'm just going to leave this path of, of guaranteed, um, you know, uh, just success, you know, which is what all Nigerian parents chase for and hope for their kids. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, you know, she, she, my mom is an entrepreneur and we have a really close bond and close relationship. So I think when I was in pre-med, I'd only been a science kid. Like I knew I wanted to go into medicine since I was four and I, and I'm not even kidding. I knew, I remember <laughs> that moment. I was like, I'd gotten um, Barbie, but it was Barbie as a vet. So she had a dog, like a puppy and a kitten and she had a first aid box and um, she was like, I think she was dressed as a nurse and she had everything she needed, like uh, everything in that, in that first aid box. And I would, I would take care of these, like these two toys as my, like the, the puppy and the kitten as my patients. And, and then all of my cousins suffered because they became my patients. I would like use pencils as syringes. I remember that moment, um, of my life. So. That's amazing. <laughs> So I, you see, you see, you were trying to save the world right from the beginning. I, I guess so. I really do. I, now that I look back at it, I'm like, I guess so. Um, and so I never really ventured. Like I never thought I was, you know, creative. I never really thought I was, um, you know, I was also quite shy. So I was not very communicative as well. Um, wait, wait, wait a second. You were shy? <laughs> extremely shy. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? I was an introvert as well. Like I was super shy. No way. Yeah, like I, I like stopped uh, stopped being shy when I when I got into sales oh. and I like I got mentored into sales. That's I got trained, so I was like super shy. I wouldn't like, you know, I would I, I would we used to do these business presentation meetings, yeah. and so you, what you would have is you'd have this room, you know, full of like all these like new guests and all those people, mm -hmm. and you your job was to go around and introduce yourself. No. So, <laughs> What I used to do is I literally would, would just keep walking back and forth from where the front of the office was, where the sign-in sheet was, mm -hmm. and where the person who was the receptionist or, you know, the greeter, the, I knew them. So I could quickly be like, hey, how's it going? Well, I go and talk. Everything going okay? You need any help? You want something to, like, you know, sharpen your pencils? And then I would beeline it across this room of, like, anywhere from 30 to 100 people. And I would go to the bathroom and I would just sit there and make sure my tie is looking good and whatever. And I'd go back wow. and I would do this back and forth because I was scared to death of talking to people. Wow. I I, I have to say, I recognize that. Like, I totally agree I because I understand because that's exactly what I mean by how shy that I was at this period. But I did. I do have a question for you, though. So what... I guess, what was that moment for you that was just like, oh, you know what? I, I can do this. I don't have to be so shy in front of the public. That's really funny, actually. So the moment it happened yeah. was um, I, I went to, do you remember T. Harvecker? Does that name ring a bell to you? Like the millionaire mind training? No, but I will, I will note this for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is like from back in the day. So we were like South about, we, you know, you go to the thing and he was a great, great person. Like I was, I was fortunate enough to actually be at a camp where he was there mm -hmm. because afterwards he just ran the normal MLM model where you just build a bunch of trainers and then they train other people. Right? Yeah. Pretty smart. Right? Yeah. But um. Um, what ended up happening is he had this warrior camp, it was called. Mm. And in, in the warrior camp, you know, there was a bunch of things that you would do. And there was like a fire walk and there was 
um, you know, you were in a nipi where they were, you know, you had to like, you know, you'd sweat it out and stuff like that. But in there, there was a training where he would, he was like, you know, like, you need to go up to all the people in the room, the same like business, business presentation type of meeting type setup. Uh-huh. You had to walk up to people and say, hi, my name is Yusuf. I like you and I respect you, but I don't give a fuck what you think about me. Wow. And he was like, look, and then everyone, like half of us are like, what? We're going to swear? We can't say that. Like, it's bad enough. We're going to say the F word. Uh-huh. And what? Had, and he was like, no, he goes like, and he, he had this explanation. He was like, look, everything is a belief that you have. You know, the way you believe about the F word or the way you believe about a situation, it's based on some of your programming and blah, 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 right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, that all kind of makes sense. But I'm scared to death of shaking this person's hand, let alone doing this, right? Uh-huh. And so we do this training. I'm, I'm like, it is like weird. It is like uncomfortable. And I go through it, whatever. Two weeks later, I'm doing a training at our business presentation meeting night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, you know what? And, and I'm doing a training on approach and contact. So this is like how you reach out to other people, right? And I'm like, oh, my God. So I get in there. I'm doing this training. And I, and I say this thing. I said, I want everyone to stand up and do this thing, right? Just as I say the F word, my mentor, who is a 60-year-old, proper Punjabi, like Indian uncle, uh-huh. okay, he walks into the door just as I swear. And, he, and then the entire room goes, I like you and I respect you, but I don't give a fuck what you think about me. And I'm like, <gasps> and I'm the trainer. And he looks at me and he goes, well, he goes, I don't think you should say that. But he goes, that's some good training. And I'm like, well, like, oh, if he doesn't care that much, then I guess the world doesn't either, right? Mm, that, that is <laughs> profound. Wow. That is, a, that it didn't happen in the training. It literally happened at that moment. Like, you know, it didn't happen the two weeks before. Yeah. With but you had, but, but you, you had know. to come to it, right? Like, and it's, and it's so interesting how that happens, right? Where you had to come to it and it's like, it just clicks when you realize that, like, oh, wow, it doesn't really matter. Um, but Honestly, I I resonate with that because that's that's exactly what happened, and and that's where the path from medicine for me shifted was um, when I was going down when I was going through the process. One thing I was I was kind of getting that vibe through through the education I was receiving that it was very stoic, it was very methodic, and everything was accounted for. And I was maybe volunteering at a hospital just so I could, you know, I could look great when I had that interview, you know, with the folks that are going to um, allow me uh, this this future of becoming a pediatric neurosurgeon because everyone goes through an interview. I'd written my MCATs. I was studying so hard and I just felt like, okay, there's more to life. It just felt very, um, again, like we were saying, very, very systems driven like you had to play this game and and you know at the other at, at this moment of, of second guessing the whole process um I although I'd also heard of stories of people that you know had incredible path like they 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 did incredible things like maybe they went to you know they did doctors without they did all these volunteered with with doctors right. without borders and did all these incredible things they they played. They learned to play the piano and all these ridiculous things that you need to have on your resume just so you can get into med school. But they still, they still didn't get in. But then you'd hear of someone who 
doesn't didn't get really high score on, on their MCATs, didn't really do much, but they would get in. And then right. you're like, okay, so what what is this? Is it a fluke? Is it so it just felt to me like, okay, um, this isn't a process that I I think is valid. And I don't I don't think there's a method to it in a sense. So I I I, I don't know if I'm if I'm I'm a proponent of it right now. So, um, while, yeah. while, <laughs> so while I was, it, the idea was I was going to take a break. I was going to take a year long break and then um, figure out what I wanted to do. Um, but then I was reading, I'd actually read two books at the time on very opposing ends of the spectrum, but one was The Alchemist and the other one was um, The Sky is Everywhere by Jandy Nelson. But what they both did for me was The Alchemist was a very spiritual journey type book. And it yep. really unleashed me into this path of like, okay, what is my purpose? And then the skies everywhere really helped me understand that I could kind of, again, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. I should just kind of do what I want and be myself. And I don't have to do like maybe go to med school just for my, my family and all these, all the people that I thought might. Or all the Indian parents. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it matters, you know, like as <laughs> Yeah, but but there's a line in that book, The Sky's Everywhere, that I really loved. And it's the protagonist saying, you know, um, it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks. I am the protagonist of my own story because I'm the one writing the plot. And I really love that because I was like, wow. Yeah. Could you say that again? <laughs> say that one more time. So uh, the, the protagonist, Lenny, it's her name. And she says, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks because I'm the protagonist of my own story. I'm the one writing my plot. Right. So um, and so I just felt like that that hit me really, really hard. And so um, I just I said, OK, so what do I what do I like? What's my passion? Um, and then that was how sort of winged materialized was winged was this idea that I've always had where um, I, you know, I, I just felt like that we were missing a platform for content that was, um, you know, that was that was impactful. I, you know, a, a little bit academic, but also, you know, packaged in a way that you would you would learn. And and so it's funny because we said our tagline was "We're helping you increase your brain cells." Like, you know, it was something like that. I think yeah. our tagline was, or like, "We're helping you increase yeah. your brain cells." Um, but that was the idea. I was just like reading content that would enrich and stimulate and impact. And that was sort of how my path towards entrepreneurship started. We launched this platform. We grew, you know, in about six months to 30 writers. At the time, it was David and I, um, a partner of mine who we were working at a lab together. So he had the coding background to develop the platform. So, um, and I, I knew what, how we wanted to structure it. Um, and so that's how we started. Then we grew to 30 writers within Ottawa. And within a year, we had grown to global writers, hundreds of global writers contributed. And actually the next year we got uh, a nomination for the best blog in Canada. And so we had, wow. I know, and so we had to go to Toronto. And while we were there in this room with like the Atlantic and Globe and Mail and all these awesome people, um, also, you know, there for awards that we were like, okay, I, I was thinking, okay, this is something. So how do we monetize? And that's that's sort of <laughs> how the okay, I'm gonna just see if I can do this for profit and and like pursue a path of entrepreneurship and just see how I can use my skills to you know make some money and create impact. And so yeah, that's that's how my my journey. That's amazing. I mean, you know, like it's funny, like 
did you, you know, at such a, you know, at such a young age, yeah. did you, as you're, as you're walking into this room and you got the Atlantic and you got the Globe and Mail and you've done this, you know, amazing thing. Like, do you, did you ever feel, I mean, you know, did you know that that was where you were meant to be or did you feel like you were out of place? Like, you know, we, we a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome and things like that, but mm-hmm. what were you going through at that moment? You know, I, it was all, it was just, I forget the name of the hotel. Cause this was like back in 2014 or 2015, I think, but I forget the name of the hotel. It was in downtown Toronto. And obviously, I, I mean, just doing the trip to, from Ottawa to Toronto was just incredible. I had lived in Toronto for a year when I moved to Canada but just like, oh my God, I'm going all the way to Toronto to receive, potentially receive an award. Uh, that was just an awesome thing on its, on its own. And then um, going into this hotel in the lobby, they, they had sort of a, a quick party thing going on for the, for the ceremony. Um, that was also incredible. And then just being in the room with that many incredible people from you know, various journalistic backgrounds, um, it just felt surreal. I felt like, but that was the moment I realized um, in, in, in The Alchemist, Santiago, the protagonist, it's, it's this idea that, you know, when you put a thought out there, the universe will conspire to make it happen, right? And, and it's like, right. it's, just, it's just waiting for you to get there, you know, just like, just like this, right? You creating this podcast. It was like, you knew that it's, you've always wanted to do this. I think maybe what I did, I know, other people that you know helped along this process just just helped catalyze it for it like as a catalyst right so I think you've always known you wanted to do it so the universe is just sort of conspiring and put us there in your path to help you but but I think it's the same thing it just felt like that's how I felt in that moment was like wow all I had to do was just think about this is what I wanted to do and actually do it and here we are yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's flow it's, it's a flow state you know like I, I I read all those books and I you know I listened to those podcasts about like being in a flow state mm-hmm. and I was like oh that'd be so awesome and that you know but it's really been like that for the last little while you know as I've been on this journey of understanding all of these things because finally realized that you know yeah I, I used to have that like almost like imposter thing I'd sit down with these entrepreneurs and you know and they were like all about the numbers and they're pulling out the spreadsheets and I would feel like, Oh my God, like, you know, and I would, I invested a lot of time learning those things and I'm glad I did, you know, but I, they still didn't juice me. Right. And, you know, like I remember, you know, sitting with my, you know, I was sitting with like, you know, someone in the business and we were, we were going through the numbers of the business and, and a, and someone who we had taken us 11 months to get into the country. Okay. And so this guy, like, and I, I, I kept my promise to him. I said, I'm going to get you here. Don't worry about it. I went after lawyer after lawyer, went to the fact that I got in front of, you know, the, the, the immigration department. Like, I went to Ottawa specifically to find, and this was in the beginning, this was the first person we ever, um, you know, uh, did our Try Before You Hire program with. And so this person now, he's, it's saying, well, he's here. He's gotten here. I'm not in town in order the, uh, you know, pick him up because I, I like to pick up everyone at the airport yeah. and I'm, you know, and, and we're looking at this spreadsheet and I'm like, okay, well, we'll look at the spreadsheet later. Like that guy's here. Let's go see him. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's go welcome him to Canada, you know? And, and, you know, and then, the, and, and, but he, and they were like, Oh, but we need to worry about these numbers. And I'm like, well, you know, if we're going with the numbers and, and I was like, yeah, he's probably right. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. Mm. 
And now, you know, I realize, well, wait a minute, no, like, you, yeah. it's both are important. It's not like one's better than the other. You need both of them, right? And if you create kind of those, you know, balance inside of it, you can do some pretty incredible things, right? Um, you know, what? what's interesting is that I actually read The Alchemist for the first time, I want to say less than six months ago. Wow. Oh, no, you know what? Not even that. I, uh, so my father has been passed for six months. So I read The Alchemist after, um, uh, yeah, so after my father had passed away. And what it was the first non-fiction, or it was the first, like, fiction, you know, because everything I was reading up to that point, 40 years, 20 years of reading, when I started reading back in my 20s, like, really started reading, um, was a business book or a self-development book or a productivity book. And so I was going through unscribed and I was like, Hey, like, you know, and I just, my, you know, I was kind of going through a lot with my father had been passed away and I was just trying to realign myself as a human being. Mm -hmm. And, and so the alchemist was the book that I read. Um, and it was just, it just popped up. So it's, it's interesting to see that connection there. It's yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, you know, I, you know, I think people get that message of the universe conspiring to, put what's necessary in front of you, I think has been so skewed in the past by, you know, people thinking about, oh, it's like the secret. I just need to think about it, yeah. whatever. And it's like, no, it's about you living. Mm -hmm. It's about you being grateful that no matter what comes, you're going to get through it because it's meant to be there. Right. Exactly. And, and then, and then the opportunities come and, you know, beautiful people enter into your lives because you start to, you know, you start to really keep your eyes open for the right things, right? Yeah, and you know what's so interesting is that perhaps, and I've been, I've been, you know, doing research on there's a there's a movie you have to watch if you're into sci-fi on Netflix called Arrival. Have you watched it? I have not, but I will. That's look a into fantastic it. film. Like I, I'm just reading a, a book. Uh, the 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 movie's adapted from a short story by Ted Chiang, I think, and I'm just reading his book right now and. And the idea was how, you know, time is cyclical, it's not linear. And so you reading The Alchemist less than six months ago, you know, in a Ted Chang world or in the arrival world, it's this idea that you're reading this book knowing that we're going to have this conversation, right? Like about, about The right. Alchemist. And so it's almost like even, even in our daily lives, like the solutions we have to problems that come in the in a future, um, we we have access to those solutions right now, or we're accessing them as we as we work and as we live, just because there are going to be certain problems or certain things and certain events that we're going to come across in the future that will allow us to to utilize that, and that's literally what it means by the universe conspiring. Like everything is really conspiring to help you succeed. Like that's that's pretty much you it. <laughs> You know, you know that I, I was explained that concept by a very good friend of mine named Nadeem Rahman um, uh, in a Bangladesh smoking room in Dhaka as we were ready to take off for an air flight. And he was explaining to me, like we were having this discussion about how he's like, look, it's like a ball. And he goes, the ball can exist in many different places at once. <laughs> 
He goes, it's not linear, nor it's not linear as it's rolling down. Mm. I didn't realize that you would remind me of that in even this moment. Look at that again. Um, it's, it's and, so. and that would have been five, six years ago. Yeah. So Natimer, I listened to you, buddy. If you're listening to this podcast, I listened to what you said. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And maybe he, you, you heard that from him, knowing we would again have this conversation. That's how it works. Oh, yeah, now yeah. We're, now you're just going too yeah, you're just going too deep now. Like you know, no. that's how it works. So, listen, you know, out of out of being, um, you know, out of being respectful of, of your time and stuff as well. One of the things that I do want to make sure that we get to is that, you know, we what happened is you kind of introduced me to this concept of the zebra mm-hmm. movement, and so you know, I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm kind of looking it up and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is pretty interesting. And then what I do is I decide that I want to see a YouTube video on the zebra movement. <laughs> and so I put in zebra movement, zebra economy, all this stuff. And I get an entire, you know, the front page of YouTube <laughs> was zebras. And zebras actually moving, right? And I'm like, I don't think this is what Zainab's talking <laughs> about. So I, I took a screenshot and I, you know, the message to you on March 14th, which interestingly enough was literally the day before I left for, for back to Romania, um, was like, we need to do something about this. Like, how is there not more information about this? Right. And, um, you know, what, what do you, how do we get, how do we get this message out to more people and who else do we need to, to talk to in your, you know, and kind of in, in your mind about, uh, uh, about these things. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, you know, when I search zebra movement, I, I get all the resources that I, I sort of found and discovered, uh, about three years ago in 2017. Um, and, and I, I want to say it's the, it's the Google filter bubble or it's the filter bubble of the search engine that you use, because it's, it's almost like if it's not your reality and if it's not something that you're maybe exposed to or you search for, you're, you're just not going to discover it. And that's, that's the unfortunate part of obviously technology and, and the systems we've built, but um, right. I'm really glad to to hear though that you wanted to you took that that step further and said, okay, no, what is what is this? I want to search it up, and I'm going to find it because what would have happened maybe when you searched it and just discovered zebras was just like you could have just given up and just been like, okay, I think I think I don't understand what she's saying. Um, but the zebra movement is, you know, it's been it's been an incredible journey for the, the founders. And I discovered them through a New Yorker article that went up. It was about four there about four women. They happen to be women from diverse backgrounds, demography, geography, and sectors. But they had realized the injustices of the venture capital funding model which is that women are often asked certain questions compared to their male counterparts. And these questions are sadly and sometimes often designed in a way to uh, reduce their possibility of funding. And the other thing was they discovered that, you know, um, certain groups of people actually are geared towards creating uh, companies that have impact and meaning compared to others. And so because they don't scale as quickly or make as much money very quickly for shareholders, they're not considered in the general funding model. And then the the, the greatest injustice of all is who do we call an entrepreneur? Sadly, we've now defined 
an entrepreneur as someone who values scalability, profit, shareholder interests. And this is the language that we use when we design economies and when we design institutions. And, and I thought, oh my God, this is such an incredible um, mission. But yeah, it's it's the thing. It's it's the language. The language we've designed is 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 sadly designed against them because the entrepreneurship story is is in such a way that you have to be successful and you have to um, make money and you have to show people that you you are you're successful through this material ways. But one way that I found that they've you know, uh, push their message is to to document it. So they 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 write articles. They you know they create chapters around the world. They get people talking. All I had to do was read a medium article, and and then I share it everywhere I go. And look at what happened. And then you create a podcast, and now you know hundreds thousands right. more people are going to know about this mission. So I think they're doing more grassroots level stuff, which is yeah. you know you build yeah. it from the ground up and sadly it's the it's the whole notion of like you you plant a bamboo tree to, to this year. It might not, you know, you might not get shade under that tree until years later or you might never even um you know see the fruit of that labor. So I think what we can do is actually build micro communities of zebra uh companies, zebra founders and zebra enthusiasts and people who believe in this mission of creating companies and businesses and economies for impact and collaboration and cooperation and all the all the wonderful positive you know words about about the human potential (laughs) yeah you know you know what's interesting is you just said the word bamboo tree right and you or you were talking about that and you know the bamboo tree is used as such a big metaphor for for growth right because in a lot of species, what happens is the bamboo tree stays underground and then all of a sudden in a 24 hour period, it can grow 36 inches. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're going to do this year. Okay. So, you know, I, I think there was like, it was like, uh, I remember you sent me to that website with Zebras Unite. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, where uh, there was, that was one of the resources and then sorry, but, you know, let's keep sharing this information. You know, what my goal is, and I talked to, you know, I talked to Sharif about this because we were going to rope you in somehow, (laughs) um, is that you, you know, we're going to amplify you, your message. We're going to amplify our message. We're going to make it look so, you know, I don't want to say sexy, but that's what it's got to be to run a zebra company. Okay. You know, it's got to be, everyone was always, you know, like the heroes and the celebrities used to be those unicorn CEOs. We're going to raise this up to show people lift up people that are doing this and showing you that thing. I mean, my, um, you know, my wife, like I came back and I, I sat down with my wife and you know, we had this great conversation and we talked a little bit about what was happening around us. And I was like, look, we're going to be fine. We're going to pivot. We'll do whatever it takes. Don't worry. Um, and then she's like, you know, my sister, she's a nail technician. She's a very, uh, she runs her own salon and she's out of work. Uh, she you knows she can't see her clients right now. And, and there's a, her husband's a delivery driver and he's going to be out of work and they have a son. She goes, can we do something? Can you train them? Can you put them to work at Global Skills Hub? And I was like, no, nope. I go, you're going to do it and I'm going to support you. And, you know, and we sat there and we came up with this way and, and her vision has now molded into bringing a thousand women online uh-huh. in Romania in order to stoke their, uh, uh, their economy here. And, uh, and, you know, we're not like, you know, we were looking at this today. It's really interesting thing, but it's like the minimum wage in Romania right now is just under 500 euros a month. Hmm. 
Okay. If we taught, um, you know, some of those women to build a Shopify store yeah. and bring the 280,000 businesses in Romania that just went insolvent, if we got them to build 10% of them, you know, and bring 28,000 businesses online, mm-hmm. not only would they make a lot of money, you know, because an average website in Romania on Upwork, they say it's like 500 euros website. That's the drag and drop. We're not talking about using a developer. They could do one a week and they would be, you know, making a couple thousand euros a month and they'd be calling the shots in their life. You know, they wouldn't be sitting here waiting for a country that has their hands held out for the World Bank or the IMF right now. And, you know, that's the power of doing this. This isn't about, oh, you don't have to go and make a company that's going to pay you two million euros a month. You know, but a couple thousand euros puts you in the driver's seat. And, and in, you know, in Toronto and Ottawa, it's, you know, the equivalent of that, you know, that those are the opportunities that are available around us. If you, re, you know, we're in a gig economy, Yeah. you know, we thought it would take three to five years, but it's here. It, it, is. Gets to work. <laughs> it is here. And, and I really like uh, what you said about um, creating our own mascot, right? Like, and the idea is a unicorn company or unicorn founder, there's a, the, the, the ideal model or the ideal image is someone who has grown a billion dollar valuation, a company that, that now has that valuation or is scaling or whatever the case might be, but they're, they're the ones we see grace the magazine covers. So what we could do yeah. is actually build up our own, um, you know, the person that, that or, the, or the group of people that can represent Zebra company success. And, um, and it's actually a, a powerful um, model to, to use because, you know, I, I think I, I'm always a proponent of, of this, this quote I once heard from, you know, an art, I read from an article about Buckminster Fuller and it's like, you know, to, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, you have to build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. And I love that because it's- Oh, I love that. True. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. We just have to build a success. I'm not going to read anymore. I'm just going to call you once a week. You give me all the quotes. You know, you tell me what you tell me what's going on. And we're just going to take care of it. It's amazing. I just give you the sparks notes to everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me let's do this. Um, I, I got a couple of closing questions for you. Okay. Um, you know, the first question is, you know, I believe in in that you know in a circle of of reciprocity in life, and that's my. Uh, always company, but like that, you know, you don't go out there and take, 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 take. It's all about give, 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 right? So I always like to ask the question is what is there that we, you know, I can support you with right now, or, you know, some of the people that are listening to this, you know, that we can support. What is it that we can help you with right now? Um, I think it would be building micro communities or communities that you have access to where, there's, there's a sharing that happens. You know, you share what you've learned and you gain from the community. And then you make sure that this community has, um, you know, a diverse, um, you know, I guess, representation of, of the, the true reality of the world. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a big proponent of what you're doing right now with the podcast. 
and also translating it into, you know, obviously we can only do this virtually, but seeing like, okay, how can I contribute to this community that I'm in and, and how do I build a mission around that and get people to support and also I give back and they give back. So I'm a big fan of just growing micro communities. So I think that um, that's my encouragement for everybody. In terms of what I do, I will say um, just follow me on LinkedIn. I always share everything that I'm doing and what I would probably need insights and input and feedback on on there. Um, so that's, okay. that's probably the easiest step right now is to just follow me on, on LinkedIn. Okay, awesome. Um, so, you know, we I, I really thought about what I wanted to do to end off every podcast. Okay. And um, you know, I think this will evolve in time. But, you know, it, it was it, it was important to me, um, you know, to really, when I really sat down and took my pause, uh, which was months ago, yeah. uh, and really thought about where I was in life. And, you know, and then after this profound moment of my father, you know, passing away, and we'd had a really interesting relationship in, in our entire life. So, um, you know, when it, we joke around about all this thing, but when I became an entrepreneur the first time, uh, my father did not talk to me for 18 months. Wow. And, um, and we, we, uh, I dropped out of school. I had lied that I had written my exams. I actually hadn't. And, um, and I, and I became an insurance salesman and, and decided to, you know, start a business there. It became very successful. I mean, I recruited 600 people in wow. the industry. Uh, but, um, you know, in the first 18, like I would come upstairs and I would say, Hey, you know, like, you know, I say, sound like him or, you know, like, give him the greeting and he would just grunt and look away. Right? So, you know, but we, we had, we had an incredible, and then we became very good friends later on in, in life. And we, you know, we'd always had our you know ups and downs, but as, as, as sons and fathers do. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but so I had that great pause. And so, uh, one of the parts of that is that it was important for me to, show my kids by example, you know, what they were, what the things that they should do in their lives. And, you know, like I wanted them to always be curious. I wanted them to always be learning. I wanted them to adapt. I didn't want them to, you know, think, uh, you know, and I wanted them to think, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted them to question me yeah. and I wanted them to question the world around them and, and you know, find their own way. And, um, you know, and then these little lessons along the way. So, you know, part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is I wanted them to, you know, have an opportunity at some point in life. Like right now, my twins are six years old and my, my youngest is two and a half. And I wanted them to have a recording of my involvement, you know, um, through this process, because, you know, I believe that there's going to be a lot of impact that we're going to be able to do. And then, you know, I think it's not going to be, I think you, and you're going to call me out on this thing as well. And you know, you got to make that a promise that, uh -huh. We're never going to talk about how much money we're making. We're going to talk about how many families or how many how many people we're helping. Absolutely. And if we do that, that's a real you know billion uh, number that I'd like to hit. You know, and, and that's why you know one of our next guests is going to be um, a really good friend of ours, uh, Tanya Woods, mm. um, and right. you know she's from Kind Village, and they have that with Project in Kind. They want to do a billion acts of kindness, and I was like. I'm in. Let's do it. A billion, uh, sorry, a billion in-kind acts, right? Yeah. Um, so, okay. Where are my, these are my lightning round questions for you. Ready? Okay. So lightning round, you can't think too fast. I mean, you can't, you got to think fast. You can't, you can't uh, pause too much on it. Okay. So question number one is, you ready? Okay. What's the one thing you learned in your life you wish every kid like Armand, Samir, and Yusuf would know? You are capable of whatever it is you you think you you can and can't do. 
Amazing. Uh, what are the three things you're grateful for in this moment? Uh, my family, uh, my ability for curiosity, and the connections. I think the connections that I make every day. Who's the greatest influence in your life? Definitely my mother. <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like an amazing woman. I, I, I really hope I get the opportunity to meet her. Yes. Um, what, uh, what is the one food you must have if you're isolated for 14 days? Oh, my God. Plantains. Fried, grilled. Plantains? Any, any, any style. <laughs> Fried, grill, grilled, you know, baked, anything. <laughs> You, you still got that. You, you still got to have that home flavor in there, right? Honestly, yep. <laughs> well, Zainab, thank you so much. This was, you know what? I, I could not have um, thought of a better way to start this podcast off. You know, this has been amazing. I think we've had a lot of fun. I hope people have learned a lot and they get a lot of value and, you know, you, you know, one thing we should do, though, yeah. is um, we, we're not going to have sponsors, right? Because like, we don't need them. So I think you and I should do like a commercial or something. And just because we're going to have to put it in the middle. So should we just should we just choose something to do a commercial for? Who, who can we make fun of right now? Absolutely. <laughs> That's going to be so fun. Um, should I, okay. Should we make a commercial about Cherie? Yes, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so I, I would say we should we should do it as he's the he's the buddy you need the friend the friend you think yeah uh, the friend you never knew you needed the, the collaborator you should have <laughs> and the advice the advisor advisor um, that you should always have in your corner. <laughs> So that, that's who sponsored today's episode. <laughs> but I, see, you're nice about it. I was like, if you need some snacks, please go to Insta Snacks and order from Sharif's app. Oh, that's, I like that. So I went with like the individual, the hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're like pure, like it. I'm I'm still having fun over here. <laughs> I love that. Yes, Insta Snacks. But you know what though? They need to have vegan options. So I told him about that. So yeah. Done. Done. Yeah, he's go. gonna he's gonna make sure of that. He's just gonna check the data for your neighborhood. If you're the only vegan, that is not happening. I know, but you know what though? <laughs> he just should. He just should. <laughs> we when we uh, uh, when when I get back to Ottawa yes. uh, in the near future when all this kind of plays out over, we will go have a nice vegan meal tomorrow together. This is good. I'm gonna hold you to that. Hundred percent. Well. Awesome. Zainab, thank you so much uh, once again, and thank you for making this so easy. I think this was, uh, I, I had a blast. I'm, you know, you, you gave me a great pause for about an hour as well. And, and um, yeah, let's, let's just get out there and let's, you know, continue to inspire hope and, and change the world and see that, uh, just inspire belief and in making people be as authentic of a human being as you are. Thank you. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that's important. And I'm just, once again, I just can't echo uh, how grateful I am that we had the opportunity to meet and, and learn more about each other. And I'm just, uh, I'm really looking forward to the impact that, you know, your, you know, your seeds that you had planted in, you know, this guy's head uh, are going to have and, and the stuff that we're going to do together. Thank you so much, Yusuf. And I have to say, like, you know, this has been incredible. And just to see you with your enthusiasm and action-oriented mindset, just, it's been, it's been great. So thanks for having me. And I cannot 100%. wait to hear all the incredible people that you get to have on this podcast, on this journey. It's going to be fun. 
<laughs> brought to you by Instastack. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Zainab, we'll catch you soon, okay? Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.